A week or so later, after a strange and surreal blur in which Madame Nettlesford measured me up, gave me a new though similarly filthy pinafore, and even bathed me although I'd had a bath just three weeks ago, there I was, about to start my first real job out of the orphanage for the first time in ten years, staring up at the most impressive mansion I had ever seen. Madame Nettlesford had warned me of the impropriety of staring, and reminded me to keep my mouth closed if there was any danger that I might gawp, so I kept my lips pursed shut, but the rest of my body was shaking. My trembling was in part due to the fact that I was terrified of setting foot in a place so grand, and it was in part due to the fact that a boy had driven me here by carriage the first boy I'd seen in a decade. He must have been my age, at least, said his name was Toby, and just seeing the silhouette of his body as he sat up at the front of the cart had created strange, new, and not entirely unpleasant sensations to be aroused within me. Bedfordshire Manor was enormous. I didn't even have to go inside it to know how grand it was. It went five stories up. I counted them, with ivy creeping right to the top. I could see a fancy glass thing hanging behind each of the big windows where normally a gas lamp might be, and I could only surmise that it must be some incredibly expensive system of lighting. It was only much later that I learnt the word chandelier. There were too many windows to count. The brickwork was a deep, robust red, with just the odd golden detail here and there making it even more opulent. Behind the building, the soft English countryside looked so fragile, with its wintry green curves and rolling hills completely dominated by this gigantic protrusion in the landscape. Is this really it? I asked Toby quietly, afraid to talk to the boy beside me. The Duke of Bedfordshire really wants me to work for him. Here. Toby smiled and patted me on the shoulders, a little too hard so that I could feel a stinging where his palm had been. You're a lucky bit of stuff, ain't you? He said to me, laughing. It'll be worth all the uh, favours you have to do for him, I'm sure. What do you mean, favours? I asked, looking up at the grand front door. Oh, uh, nothing, I'm sure, said Toby, flashing me a big, dirty grin. I could see that one of his front teeth was missing, but rather than putting me off him, it made me want to reach out and touch his mouth, like the madam had done to me a week earlier. I shook my head. Why did I want to touch a boy's mouth? Ugh, what business had I... There. I just don't want him to be disappointed with me, I sighed. I've never set foot inside a house like this in my life. I don't want to make the wrong impression. I mean, what would the owner of a mansion like this possibly want with a girl like me? Toby rolled his eyes. Just be obedient and he'll be delighted with you, he said. Do as he says and you'll keep the job. You might even be the best he's ever had. He grinned again. That word I kept hearing. Obedient. Of course I was obedient, 
I'd been raised to be a servant, hadn't I? Why wouldn't I be obedient to my master? I'll be brave, I said, the most frightened I'd ever felt in all my short life. I'll do as the Duke says. I won't let him down. You can knock if you want to, said Toby. It's your future we're talking about here. I looked up at the big gold door knocker and saw that it had been moulded into the shape of a lion, the kind of which I'd only ever seen in a dusty old book in the orphanage's meagre library. The lion had a golden mane and an open mouth. Its sharp teeth were being revealed, as if it was about to give an almighty roar. I grabbed the heavy gold ring around the knocker and pushed it as hard as I could against the door. One... Two, three times. 